Installed in 1974, just in time for the World's Fair Exposition in Spokane, Washington, this iconic structure has delighted children and adults visiting the Inland Northwest for generations. But it isn't the canted pavilion that once marked the U.S. presence at the fair, or the gondola across Spokane Falls that takes visitors so close they can feel the spray on their faces, or even the German beer garden facility that now houses the 1909 Loof Carousel, which is on the National Register of Historic Places. No, these destinations in Riverfront Park are amazing remnants of a global event that drew 5,187,826 visitors, including U.S. presidents, foreign dignitaries, and Hollywood stars. Those icons, still in use today, are enthralling. The one we're talking about, some might say, kind of sucks. On this edition of the Washington Hour Home Podcast, we're looking at Spokane's famous garbage goat, the trash-eating iron ungulate that has kept its corner of the park free of debris for nearly 50 years. I'm Eric Ebel, your fearless field guide to Washington state history, heritage, and culture. And I happen to have a long and somewhat complicated relationship with the burnished Bovidae. Growing up in Spokane, we often visited our voracious friend, taking pictures, goofing around, and searching for anything we could possibly find to satiate its never-ending hunger. And when we ran out of trash, nearby leaves and sticks would fall victim to the goat. And sometimes, once in a great while, Spokane's garbage goat would even suck the mitten right off of some poor unsuspecting child's hand. Join me as we learn more about Spokane's great garbage goat, beloved denizen of the downtown area since 1974. This, my friends, is Washington Our Home. For longtime listeners to this podcast, you'll be interested to note that I have relocated from Western Washington, my home for the past 17 years, to Eastern Washington, Spokane to be exact, the place of my birth, my late childhood, my early career, and now my middle age years. I'll still be traveling this great state as often as possible, discovering new and fascinating stories to share with you, but for now, I'm a proud Eastsider once again. Before we plumb the depths of the Garbage Goat's deep digestive tract, I'd like to ask for your support on my new Patreon account. If you're a dedicated listener and want to become one of the elite few who take an active role in discovering and sharing the stories from around the greatest state in the lower 48, please take a moment to visit patreon.com slash WashingtonOurHome. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Washington, our home. I've set up six membership tiers, each with a cooler perk you won't want to miss. If you enroll in the tourist tier, I'll give you a personal shout-out on the show and Washington, our home social media accounts. This one goes out to my brother, Matthew Ebel. Thank you for the early support. Sign up for the Traveler tier and get the shout-out plus a sweet one-of-a-kind Washington State sticker. The first shout-out at this level goes to Matthew Champigny, who signed up at the tourist tier and quickly upgraded to the traveler level to get his hands on one of my cool stickers. Matthew, thank you so much for being a patron. I couldn't keep doing this without you. Join the Explorer tier for a limited edition mini-print celebrating Washington State that I designed myself. It looks like a wooden plank background with various historical photographs, postcards, and ephemera strewn around a coffee mug, 
with the words, Life is Better in Washington. Plus, you'll also get a shout-out. At the adventurer level, you'll get a unique Washington flag mug made from some of the most iconic imagery around the state. I used western hemlock for the green of the flag, yellow scotch broom for the ring of the state seal, blue skies above Puget Sound for the background, the white glaciers of Mount Rainier for George Washington's hair and shirt, and the tan wheat fields of the Palouse for his face. Sign up at the Trailblazer tier and get a limited edition Washington t-shirt that'll make all your California friends jealous. Maybe you've seen those Cali 4 Nye shirts with the bear flag. This one says Wash Ing Tun and looks way cooler. And enroll in the Mountaineer tier to be able to pick your own topic for a future Washington Hour Home podcast episode and participate in a live video Q&A session with me, your fearless field guide to Washington State history, heritage, and culture. A big, nay, huge thanks to our first supporters at the Mountaineer level, my parents, Walt and Linda Ebel, the couple to whom I literally owe my very life. Thank you for supporting this little passion project of mine. Remember, Mountaineers get to pick a topic for a future episode, and they'd like to know more about Mount Rainier. The peaks, the park, the glaciers, the history, all of it. Watch for that episode coming later this year. Again, go to patreon.com slash WashingtonOurHome to join now, and thank you so much. Now, let's get back to the history of Spokane's garbage goat. To really tell the story right, we have to go back into the early 1960s, when Seattle held its Century 21 World's Fair Exposition in 1962. We'll cover that story in a future podcast episode for sure, but for now, let's just remember that the fair was a huge success, bringing nearly 10 million people, revitalizing Seattle's economic and cultural life, and leaving behind the Space Needle, the Monorail, several sports venues and performing arts buildings, and unlike some of the other World's Fairs of its era, it actually made a profit for the city. By comparison, Little old Spokane wasn't sure it could duplicate the success of its West Side counterpart. But hey, if you're going to dream, dream big. I'll cover the entire history of the Spokane World's Fair in another episode. Today we're focusing on the garbage-eating guardian of the garden. The theme of the 1974 World's Fair was ecology. And every pavilion, from the USSR to the Japanese, the South Koreans to Canada... Australia, Iran, West Germany, and the Philippines, all of them were focused on some sort of environmental theme. And a more fitting location for an environmental fair would be hard to find, what with the natural beauty of the Spokane River cutting right through the middle of the festivities, and the falls creating a constant cacophony of environmental ambiance. Fast Facts Faster Fast Facts Time for a few quick fast facts. On May 4th, 1974, President Richard M. Nixon presided over the opening of Expo 74. Spokane's population at that time was about 170,000, making it the smallest city ever to host a World's Fair. When Nixon formally declared the fair open, officials released 50,000 balloons into the sky. Which is funny, given the fair's environmental theme. Lord only knows where those ended up. They don't just vanish, after all. And to make room for the U.S. Pavilion, the iconic structure that still looms large over Riverfront Park today, city officials had to tear down the historic 
1902 Great Northern Railroad Depot on Havermail Island, the only remnant that remained from Spokane's earliest railroad days is the 155-foot-tall clock tower, which quickly became another beloved piece of Spokane's downtown skyline. In the years leading up to the 74 World's Fair, most of the Spokane community was either dead set against it or totally committed to it. There were very few residents with ambivalent attitudes. One of the more committed members of the community was a Catholic named Sister Paula Mary Turnbull, known to the world as the Welding Nun. Sister Turnbull was born and raised in Seattle and worked and studied at the University of Washington. She was an art instructor at Holy Names Academy in the 1950s and 60s. Turnbull made a name for herself creating liturgical works for public and private places all over the region. It was Turnbull who conceptualized and created the garbage-eating goat to teach children not to throw trash on the ground. In 1972, she was named to the Expo Visual Arts Advisory Committee, which led the effort to install sculptures at the 1974 World's Fair. Her work to bring more than a dozen quality large-scale art pieces to Riverfront Park to benefit those walking along the river has endured to this day. You see, Sister Paula had recently visited a zoo that had trash cans with animal heads, where kids were encouraged to stuff garbage in the mouth. She apparently thought, if you're going to have an animal head, why not have the whole animal? When she created the iconic garbage goat, Sister Paula decided that simply shoving trash into an animal's mouth wasn't fun enough, and outfitted the goat with a powerful internal vacuum connected to a hidden trash barrel. Visitors press a button on the rock wall next to the goat, listen for the suction, place trash in the palm of their hand, and hold it under the goat's nose. And... Thump! The trash, or a kid's loose-fitting mitten, instantly disappears. The World's Fair closed in November 1974, but Garbage Goat remained. The City Parks and Recreation Department kept its electronics and vacuum in good repair and continued emptying the trash barrel. Visitors and residents alike, like yours truly, would feed the goat and then pose, straddling his back, holding his horns like handlebars, and the goat remained ever vigilant over the decades, sucking up trash and patiently posing for goofy photos. And in the meantime, Sister Paula continued her prolific welding career, adding more sculptures to Spokane's artistic inventory. In addition to a considerable body of religious artwork, Sister Paula's sculptures around Spokane include a memorial to a man who drowned in a sewage tank at the Riverside Park Water Reclamation Facility. She also created a copper tube Sasquatch at Spokane Community College, an Irish harp in Riverfront Park's Connections Garden that plays at the touch of a button, and a miniature Eddie Gadell, the smallest ever Major League Baseball player, displayed in O'Doherty's Pub and Irish Grill, across the street from the goat, where Sister Paula liked to go for a beer and a Reuben sandwich. One of my personal favorites. Of all her public works, Turnbull's garbage-eating goat that she created for Expo 74 may be the most memorable. At a 40th birthday party held for the metal farm animal in 2014, the City of Spokane Parks and Rec Department estimated that the goat had eaten more than 14,000 cubic yards of litter in four decades, while delighting generations of children and their parents. And four years later, the revered Spokane artist and nun 
who created the garbage goat and the other iconic sculptures in Spokane and beyond, died at the age of 97. Her longtime friend and fellow renowned Spokane artist Ken Spearing said, Describing what Sister Paula meant to the arts community is nearly impossible. She was an inspiration to younger artists, helping us understand that we could pursue art as a viable way of life. She led a life of devotion to God, and her devotion to her artwork was also very godly. Thank you, Sister Turnbull, for your contribution to Spokane. Let's take a break for some trivia here on the Washington Our Home podcast. I'll ask you five questions that may or may not be fairly easy to answer. And you listen until the end of the podcast to find out how much you know about this topic. Question one. To what Catholic religious order did Sister Turnbull, the welding nun, belong? Was it A, the Sisters of Providence? B, the Sisters of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary? C, the Sisters of the Holy Family? Or D, the Sisters of the Holy Names of Jesus and Mary? Question two. True or false? The installation of the Garbage Goat sculpture in Riverfront Park at Expo 74 was actually protested by dairy goat farmers who thought the concept besmirched their vocation and the dietary habits of their charges. Question 3. Next to the Garbage Goat in Spokane's Riverfront Park, there is a plaque affixed to one of the basalt columns stating which organization sponsored the sculpture and its placement within the park. Was it A, the Spokane Women's Council of Realtors, B, the Children's Health Society of Washington, C, the Greater Spokane Arts Council, or D, Spokane's Collective Lodges of Free and Accepted Masons? Question four, if you decide to support this podcast at the adventurer level by going to patreon.com slash Washington Our Home, you'll get a unique Washington flag mug made from some of the most iconic imagery around the state. What did I use for the color of George Washington's hair and shirt? Was it A, white sea spray from a crashing wave at Cape Disappointment? B, white glaciers of Mount Rainier? C. White paint from the skirt of one of the statues at the Macaw Cultural Center in Nia Bay. Or D. White from the belly of a K-Pod Southern resident orca. And question five. Earlier in this episode, I referred to the garbage goat as an iron ungulate. And while it's such a clever nickname that I kept it in the podcast, it's not exactly accurate. Goats are ungulates, of course. But what two metals make up the majority of Turnbull's sculpture? Is it A, steel and bronze, B, copper and steel, C, brass and bronze, or D, copper and brass? Remember to listen to the end of today's podcast to get the answers. So where can visitors to Riverfront Park today find our beloved Bova Day? Well, the whole of the park is located on both sides of the Spokane River in downtown. Lying in the middle is Havermail Island, the big one that's not really an island. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. H-A-V-E-R-M-A-L-E. Havermail. Sounds right to me. There's also Canada Island, formerly Cannon Island, sometimes known as 
Crystal Island, but renamed during Expo since that's where the Canadian Pavilion was located. On the southern bank of the river, the one that's closest to the downtown area, visitors will find a large, round building near the corner of Stevens Street and Spokane Falls Boulevard. The former German beer garden during Expo 74 today houses the historic 1909 Luf Carousel, a Spokane original installed in the long-gone Natatorium Park, possibly a future podcast episode, and relocated downtown in 1975 after the closing of the World's Fair. Between Stevens Street and the Carousel Building to the west is a tree-lined asphalt pathway suspiciously absent of any litter to be seen. It is here that you'll find the Basalt Column Grotto that provides shelter to our honored herbivore. Be sure to bring napkins, Kleenex, receipts, coffee cup sleeves, Halls wrappers, and any other light material you care to dispose of, because once you feed the famous garbage goat, you will, without a doubt, want to do it again. Growing up in Spokane, I have many fond memories of the garbage goat. Though I was born the year after the World's Fair, I spent many of my teenage years exploring Riverfront Park with my friends, my family, my cousins on the South Hill. One of my favorite things to do that I thought was hilarious, was to feed the goat trash through its nostrils. Though the goat has a perpetually open mouth, forever waiting to be fed trash, it also has two open nose holes that for some reason entertained me to no end, imagining the goat snorting a comically large pile of trash like at the end of the movie Scarface. Say hello to my little friend! There also are occasions when I may or may not have been seen straddling the sculpture, holding its horns like I was riding a goat-shaped motorcycle. Go visit the blog at WashingtonOurHome.com to see evidence of that. Speaking of blogs, I'll bet you didn't know that the Garbage Goat has its own creative outlet on the World Wide Web. From 2019 to 2020, you could visit garbagegoatblog.wordpress.com to read about Gigi, the Garbage Goat, and her, it's, her, take on trash disposal. However, it appears that Spokane County migrated the blog to its own platform. You can now get Gigi's advice at spokanecounty.org slash blog.aspx, though it hasn't seen a new post since January of 22. There are also some pretty funny reviews of Spokane's Garbage Goat on Yelp, and we're going to take a look at a few of them. Louisa M. from Las Vegas, Nevada gives it five stars, saying, To rate the garbage goat anything less than five stars seems downright criminal. This was one of my favorite things about Spokane. The goat is exactly what it sounds like, a cool metal billy goat sculpture that you can feed trash. Yes, you take your trash, hold it up to its mouth, and whoosh, he sucks it up, and I think every city needs their own garbage goat. Yeah, can't argue with that. Corey G. from West Richland, Washington gives it four stars, saying, I had no idea about this goat. I thought it was going to be a real goat. What a cool way to get people not to litter. Man, I could use one of these in my kitchen. Christine S. from right here in Spokane says, Okay, call me dumb, but I seriously thought the garbage-eating goat people talked of was a real goat. It wasn't until my boyfriend and I were taking a stroll through Riverfront Park that he took me to the goat and I realized I was mistaken. 
how is it that I've been in Spokane this long and never knew it was a metal fabricated goat with a vacuum attached on its um, backside? Too long. When you describe this goat to people, please don't make it sound like a real goat. I was disappointed that it wasn't real. <laughs> Ken L. from Pittsburgh gives it five stars and says, This was one of the highlights of my short visit to Spokane. I was told during dinner that I would have an opportunity to, quote, feed the goat. We turned it on by pressing the button on the wall and proceeded to feed our newfound friend with paper trash and ripped up newspaper. Apparently, after the trash is sucked into the goat, it gets transported to a trash can connected to its butt. Bring the kids. It's just that cool, man. And finally, Cassidy L. from Columbia Falls, Montana gives it five stars, saying, Famed as the world's largest garbage-eating goat, I'm pretty sure it's the world's only garbage-eating goat. I think it's hilarious to read that most people thought this was a real goat and then realized they came to see a sculpture. Loved by everyone, if you don't love him, you're a terrible person. Cassidy, I completely agree. Time to get our answers to today's trivia questions. Question one, to what Catholic religious order did Sister Turnbull, the welding nun, belong? Your choices were the Sisters of Providence, the Sisters of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Sisters of the Holy Family, and the Sisters of the Holy Names of Jesus and Mary. The answer, if you were listening earlier, is D, the Sisters of the Holy Names of Jesus and Mary, the convent to which she belonged and where she taught art for a number of years. Question two, true or false, the installation of the garbage goat sculpture in Riverfront Park at Expo 74 was actually protested by dairy goat farmers who thought the garbage eating goat was an unfair stereotype. That's true. According to an article in SpokaneHistorical.org, even before the sculpture was added to the fair site, dairy goat farmers protested showing goats as living trash compactors. Kent Leach, editor of the Dairy Goat Journal, called the vacuum. Do you have a subscription to that? I just canceled mine. I didn't like what they had to say about it. I'm just kidding. Called the vacuum system disguised as a goat, a degrading, debasing, and grossly misleading addition to the fair. In a letter to the Spokane Chronicle, one farmer said that the public needed to be educated to the fact that a goat should be properly fed like any other creature. At fairs, their prize-winning goats were sickened by all manner of trash fed to them by young and old alike. Well, in the end, Expo organizers compromised with the goat farmers and added signage on real dairy goats, describing how, on the finest of haze and grains, a goat could produce three to seven quarts of the ultimate milk for a family. Isn't that nice? Question three. Next to the garbage goat in Spokane's Riverfront Park is a plaque affixed to one of the basalt columns stating which organization sponsored the sculpture. Anyone visiting the site can read the plaque and learn that it was, in fact, the Spokane Women's Council of Realtors that sponsored Sister Paula's iconic artwork. Question four, if you decide to support this podcast at the adventurer level by going to patreon.com slash Washington Hour Home, you'll get a unique Washington flag mug. What did I use for the color of George Washington's hair and shirt? While any of the white-colored items would have sufficed, it was, in fact, the glaciers of Mount Rainier that are evident in George's ruffled shirt. 
And question five, what two metals make up the majority of Turnbull's sculpture? Was it A, steel and bronze, B, copper and steel, C, brass and bronze, or D, copper and brass? Well, according to the website Atlas Obscura, the goat is crafted from pieces of D, copper and brass. That does it for the Garbage Goat edition of the Washington Hour Home Podcast. Special thanks to RoadsideAmerica.com, HistoryLink.org, Wikipedia, and the Spokesman Review newspaper archives for providing background about this terrific topic. Please subscribe to this podcast for new episodes featuring stories from Washington's history, heritage, and culture, and follow Washington Our Home on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. You know, an older friend of mine recently commented that podcasters always say that, but rarely explain how to subscribe for folks in a more advanced demographic. So here goes. If you have a smartphone the kind with the different apps you can activate by touching the screen, it probably comes with a default podcast player. Somewhere on your phone is the ability to search through the phone's apps and features. Find that and then type in podcast and see what comes up. If nothing on your phone can do podcasts, there are a number of apps you can download for free that will let you listen to podcasts. Some of the most popular are iTunes for the iPhone, Google Play for Android phones, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Blueberry, and probably a dozen others. If you can't figure out how to download any of those, you can go to my website, washingtonourhome.com slash podcasts on your mobile device, and you'll find links to where you can download one of these services and then subscribe. If you get stuck, just send me an email at eric, that's E-R-I-C-H, at WashingtonOurHome.com. Until next month, I'm your fearless field guide, Eric Ebel, and I'll see you somewhere in Washington. Washington.